More Than a Movie is back with season two. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose podcast. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how to get comfortable with fear and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. People say, what are you afraid of, right? I'm afraid of fear because it's like, I want to confront anything in my life that feels challenging on those levels. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's Rappaport's Reality Reality Podcast. Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Listen to Rappaport's Reality starting May 8th on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to today's edition of the Clay Travis and Buck Sexton Show podcast. Welcome in Wednesday edition, Clay Travis, Buck Sexton Show. Appreciate all of you hanging out with us. We got three hours of fun coming your way. A little bit of a roadmap for where we're headed. Uh, Jim Jordan, congressman from Ohio, in the middle of these hearings on the origins of COVID and more. Also, the Twitter files. He's going to join us at 1230. I think you'll probably want to get your popcorn for that. But the fallout continues from the release of more January 6th tapes, the continued interviews that are coming out of Tucker Carlson's show. Yesterday, we played you Senator Chuck Schumer taking to the Senate floor to demand that Rupert Murdoch and Fox News not allow Tucker Carlson to air these videos, which is an unbelievable moment in government censorship when you have the the, uh, majority leader of the Senate Chuck Schumer of New York, demanding that Rupert Murdoch, who owns a private business, not allow his Fox News organization to share accurate video that is the people's uh, 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 property from inside of the Capitol surrounding January 6th, which is one of the biggest media events uh, in Democrat history. In fact... According to Democrats, what happened on January 6th, and Buck, I cannot believe that they continue to say this, but they have gone all in with the talking point that January 6th is the most dangerous day in America since the Civil War. Not 9-11, not World War II, not World War I, not, frankly, any number of more dangerous moments in our nation's history but a two-hour window where virtually no one was armed and most people entered in and behaved peacefully in the Capitol, they might have trespassed, that this is actually the most dangerous moment since the Civil War. And if you think I'm exaggerating, this is literally what Corinne Jean-Pierre said yesterday 
in the White House press briefing. Listen. He said the mob was orderly and meek and that they were tourists instead of insurrectionists. What's your response to Carlson and to Speaker Kevin McCarthy, who granted him access to that video? Um, anybody who watched that video would strongly degree, disagree. Anybody who watched that video uh, in a with their own eyes in a real way and saw what happened on that day would would disagree with what was just stated. Um, the president has been very clear. January 6th was the worst attack on our democracy since the Civil War. And we should be focused on making sure that never happens again. Buck, this is crazy. So notice the, the attack on our democracy, the, the turn of phrase that is always used here. Because if they said the worst attack on America, that is just completely insane right i mean because they said since the civil war not even the worst attack on america since 9-11 let's say the worst attack since the civil war so you're saying pearl harbor nothing compared to the people we saw walking around taking selfies and yes people who were shoving and pushing at cops i'm sorry i'm not going to listen to any democrats whine about how awful it was what the cops were put through that day unless they were right there with us through months of yes. police officers. It was official policy, uh, or rather the official plan, I should say, of Antifa out in Portland to try to blind officers with laser shined in their eyes. They were trying to do that. It was official uh, tactic and procedure, or rather the common tactic and procedure of some of these BLM and, and Antifa riot groups all through the summer to throw bottles of urine, bricks, rocks, there were even there were there were shots fired at some of the BLM riots and cops, as you could see, would, would regularly have to engage in physical confrontation at the riots that broke out the summer of 2020. The only time that I can think of in the last decade that uh, Democrats have been upset about the violence that police officers face from a mob is January 6th. You're right. Every other time, it's, hey, this is just democracy in action, man. This is just, BLM is about justice, it's about social justice and racial equity and all this other stuff. They weren't complaining about what was happening. There were officers injured. There was billions of dollars of damage done. Uh, you know, th- they also made a huge effort to try to separate out the five, uh, the, the officers, five officers killed in Dallas back under the Obama administration by a B, by a, the first BLM yes. version, right? Black Lives Matter, a guy who acted on the idea that uh, police officers were murdering unarmed black men. He went out and killed five Dallas officers, as we saw, and some of it was, uh, on video. So all of a sudden they care so much about violence against cops. We know it's completely situational ethics from Democrats. And even just the way they use these terms, the attack on our democracy. Well, I I could sit here and make a very strong case that when you have the FBI, the DOJ, elements of the rest of the intelligence community, the CIA, the Democrat media all aligned in a lie that even uses through FISA warrants the intelligence capabilities of the federal government to try a soft coup against Donald Trump in 2016, isn't that a, isn't that a big attack on our democracy? They tried it's to undo the worse. election with a huge lie, and they used FISA for heaven's sake to do it. And we're supposed to forget about that, Clay. Buck, what I I, I would love to hear from Democrats 
this two hours of trespassing, in what way did these individuals come close to overthrowing American democracy? That, that's the question that nobody can ever answer. And I think it's important, again, to reiterate, everyone who protests and breaks the law, regardless of their politics, should be prosecuted, which is what you and I have argued since the George Floyd protest started in May. Your motivations to break the law when it comes to protest, whether you're Republican, Democrat, Independent, whatever your political motivations are, they're unacceptable, right? Don't break the law. We, we haven't changed one bit. I mean, the from the very beginning, from the day of, Clay, the people who are there protesting, God bless them. They were upset yep. about the election. They think bad things happen. The people who obeyed the law, God bless them. There's, no, yep. there's nothing wrong with that. That's to be celebrated. People that broke the law through, and I'm not now, now this, it, there, there are three categories here, right? There was entirely within the scope of the law, which was a vast majority of all the protesters who were, who were in D.C. that day on this issue. I, I don't know what the percentage would be, but 90, 90, 95%, 98%, something like that. Okay, those are just people that are exercising their First Amendment rights. As American as you're going to get, that's that's fine and great and good and, and no no issues there at all, right? Then you have the people who walked in, didn't really know. What, and that's what you see on these videos. Cops are kind of waving them in. They didn't attack anybody. They didn't do All of a sudden, the cops are kind of parting the way, and there are people going into the Capitol or walking around. They're being treated like domestic terrorists. But when you really look at it, what do they really do? I mean, is it? It's 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 a question of whether it should be even considered illegal at all in my mind. That's the gray area. The people that you and I have have to be very you know stern with, or anybody who you know, if you broke windows, if you destroyed things, if you acted like Antifa and you attacked cops, not only did you break the law, which is wrong, you helped Democrats. Yeah. And this is what I said that day. The people that were throwing punches at cops, I know they thought that they were doing something for their country or whatever. They broke the law, which was wrong, and they were helping the worst elements of the Democrat Party, which is obvious because here we are to this day still having to talk about this, and they used this with effect in the 2022 elections. We yeah. thought it wouldn't be the – look, I thought people would realize that it was all hyperbole and it was crazy, but um, you know the way that they were talking about it as an insurrection, but it was effective politics. And yeah. so that's why Corinne Jean-Pierre continues to lie and say – the well, it's not – is it a lie? No. Is it insane to say this is the worst attack on our democracy since the Civil War? Yeah, it's a crazy statement. Because 9-11 and Pearl Harbor, at a minimum, were attacks on the American democracy, right? They wanted to overtake and overthrow America to the best of their ability. So, look, my thing on this is, and, and I wish the argument would actually continue... When all these MSNBC and CNN talking heads and Karine Jean-Pierre, like if we had her on now, okay, it was two hours of rioting, looting, pillaging, whatever you want to say, a tiny pinprick of the stuff that BLM did. In what way was it an attack on democracy? Like in order for something to be an attack on democracy, there have to be casualties. <laughs> the only casualty that day was Ashley Babbitt, an unarmed protester. There have to be lots of weapons, right? What was used in a violent fashion inside of the Capitol? And there has to be a goal, right? Like, what was the goal of Jan 6? Like, what did people accomplish and what could they have ever accomplished? These are things that actually matter in terms of the severity and the significance of this incident. And, Buck, 
if we could go back and wave a magic wand, let's pretend that no one ever enters the Capitol on January 6th, and there's just you know kind of a frenzy outside, what do Democrats even talk about? What percentage of their public commentary has relied on January 6th and threats to democracy since that day as their calling card for why they need power? This is the constant defense principle, unfortunately, in action. The constantly on defense principle, which was applied to the Trump administration, because instead of getting to talk about how things were going when Trump was in office, which was overall phenomenally well, great economy, at peace, things were fantastic. Instead of being able to focus on that and push the agenda even more, there was so much energy from that White House. And you and I both know this from people who were working in the White House at all levels, junior staffers all the way up to the president himself. Trump told me about the Russia collusion thing. He was driving everybody in his White House crazy. But they had to constantly play defense on it. And now with the Biden administration in office, you know what happens again? The Republicans are having to play defense on this January 6th thing. And that's the whole game that the media plays. Even if it's not true, we have to sit here and spend time saying they're exaggerating or they're lying or they're misrepresenting it. And that's not time that we point out Joe Biden is an incompetent fool. And the agenda of the Democrats might as well be written by AOC and Bernie Sanders because Joe Biden is a fraud. He's actually doing the agenda that the far left Democrats want. He just puts this, oh, I'm old Joe Biden. You can trust me. I'm one of the folks, you know, his whole routine as some kind of facade. But we don't get to talk about that. We end up talking about January 6th. We're always on defense, and that's how they want it. So this is why, you know, I, I think on, on the on the one hand, their exaggerations are it's encouraging because they don't have a good story to tell. The Biden White House doesn't have anything to, to tout as an accomplishment. But then the other side of it, they're going to use this. They're going to use this throughout the uh, the election cycle coming up. And every moment that we're talking about January 6th wasn't. And we're not talking to this audience, right? This audience already knows it wasn't an insurrection. Yep. Trying to convince the people in the middle, trying to convince people who are convincible, who are persuadable. Whenever we're saying it's not an insurrection, it's not an insurrection, we're playing defense. That's the problem we face. I, I do think Tucker's playing a little bit of offense by sharing these videos because I think that's what has the Democrats rattled is as some of these videos circulate and start to go viral, it does lead. I think you're right, Buck. And this is always in my head who I'm thinking to talk to. I'm trying to talk to people who can lead to landslide victories, people who are persuadable. I think it does make people who are persuadable take a step back. I think it ties in with COVID. And I think there are a lot of people who say, wait a minute, how often is the government lying to me? There are a lot of people getting red-pilled every day. And I think when you watch a video of the QAnon shaman walking around surrounded not by nine police officers and you've heard this guy was trying to overthrow the United States government, and you've got a police officer trying to open the door to the Senate floor for him, I think you definitely contemplate, wait a minute, is this guy really a threat to democracy? Was this officer actually killed? Most Democrats believe that there were multiple officers who were killed that day. But when you start to look and you say, wait, Sicknick was just used as a prop? He didn't die that day? They, they laid his body in state so they could walk through and claim this? I think it does start to set off a little bit of alarm bells and build to the point where you say, I can't trust the Biden administration. I hope so. I mean, that yeah. that would be success from what Tucker is able to do here, because much to my tremendous frustration, January 6th was helpful to Democrats in 2022. Yes. 
Very frustrating, folks, but we have to look at the reality. Democrats held those hearings. Yeah, we look at it and we say these people are nuts. They weren't speaking to us. They weren't talking to you and me and everybody listening to this right now. They were talking to people who have a passing familiarity with what happened that day. And maybe they'll vote. Maybe they'll maybe they won't. Maybe they'll go Republican. Maybe they'll go Democrat. And that's going to matter a lot in 2024. You know, there's no honor among cyber thieves, especially during tax season. Right now, they're busy filling out bogus tax returns and grabbing refund checks before you've even made an appointment with your accountant. You see, when cyber thieves score a data breach, oftentimes there's enough personal information for them to fill out a tax return and put a different address so they get the refund instead of you. It's important to understand how cybercrime and identity theft are affecting our lives. Your personal information gets exposed so often, making it dangerously easy for a cyber criminal to steal your identity. Protecting your identity can be easy with LifeLock by Norton. Their systems constantly scan the web for evidence of your data being compromised. If it happens, if you do get a compromise, they assign you a restoration specialist to help clean up the mess. No one can prevent all identity theft or monitor all transactions at all businesses, but it's easy to help protect yourself with LifeLock. Identity theft protection starts here. Join now. Save 25% off your first year with promo code BUCK. Call 1-800-LIFELOCK or head to LifeLock.com and use promo code BUCK for 25% off. Get peace of mind with LifeLock. From the front lines of truth, Clay Travis and Buck Sexton. I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty. We're the Armstrong and Getty Show. We cover the stories the mainstream media ignores. The stories that are important to your life and important to the world. The election, of course. The many trials of Donald Trump. Couple of wars. Gender-bending madness. Why are kids looking at so much social media? And we bring you the stories the mainstream media is on. But we do it without the left-wing media spin. Listen to Armstrong and Getty On Demand on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Armstrong and Getty Show to start listening. More Than a Movie is back with season two of the award-winning film podcast, and this time with a lot more movies. I'm your host, Alex Fumero, and each week I'm going to talk to the people behind some of my favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the OG spy kid, Alexa Penavega. You had Carlo Gugino, who's the coolest mom ever. You had Antonio, who's handsome, amazing, charismatic. And then Carmen and Juni. I felt like a lot of other kids felt like this could be me. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Every episode will feature interviews with the biggest actors, directors, writers, and producers behind your favorite films and tap into the history of Latinos in film. Listen to More Than a Movie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose Podcast. On Purpose is dedicated to helping you be happier, healthier, and more healed. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how he got comfortable with fear, navigating the changes in relationships, and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. This conversation shows a never-seen-before side to Orlando Bloom and his unique life journey. I think we all struggle sometimes to really deeply believe that we are enough, that we're valued, that we're valuable. You know, we're imprinted by our parents from the age of zero to seven, right? Mm. I'm constantly trying to go like, how do I detach from my, this idea of what, do, is, that, is that my baggage? I look like my baggage. I mean, I know, oh, okay, that's mine. Let's unpack that. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, 
Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. We always want to give you the fullest perspective possible on all these stories we're talking about, and that includes the response to the January 6th uh, footage that Tucker Carlson has showed on on Fox. Uh, it's not just Democrats who are out there saying, oh my gosh, what's going on? You have Mitch McConnell. Mitch McConnell never, never misses an opportunity to help Democrats at the expense of Republicans when the, when the heat gets turned on, unless it's an issue of judges. Mitch McConnell cannot be counted on. Well, actually, he can be counted on by the other side, so we can't count on him. Here he is. Play five. My uh, concern is how it was depicted, which is a different issue. Clearly, the chief of the Capitol Police, in my view, correctly describes what most of us witnessed firsthand on January 6th. So that's my reaction to it. It was a mistake, in my view, for Fox News to depict this in a way that's completely at variance with what our chief law enforcement official here at Capitol thinks. With friends like Mitch, Clay. I I just, I get so utterly disgusted at, there are so many words I want to use. What are you trying to do? Yeah. Like, if you're Mitch McConnell, what is the goal of this answer? You know the media hates you. Buck, what did I just show you? Uh, like, uh, w- maybe we'll bring this up when we come back, but uh, we'll talk with, uh, uh, certainly with Jim Jordan. But they're not in good faith asking questions of you. So from my perspective, for anybody out there who's a Republican politician, they hate you. If someone who hates you is asking you questions, why are you in good faith responding to them at all as if they are legitimate journalists. It's embarrassing, frankly, that Mitch McConnell would have this take, but it's all too common. Yeah, well, why help the communists, you know? Yes. Why Why tell Stalin that he's well-dressed today? Like, what's the point? I don't understand. Yeah. Anyway. If you own a small business, you've had a tough go of it the past several years. There may be a break for you, a window, and it comes from the IRS. It's a refund of the taxes you've already paid in a little-known program called the Employee Retention Credit, or ERC. Go to GetRefunds.com to get started, and in less than eight minutes, see if your business qualifies for ERC assistance. Your business may be eligible for a payroll tax refund of up to $26,000 per employee kept on payroll during COVID-19. GetRefunds.com has already helped clients claim over $3 billion in payroll tax refunds through the ERC, and they may be able to help your business as well. There's no upfront charge either. They don't get paid until your business gets its refund. Many businesses believe they won't qualify based off incomplete or outdated information. So don't let this opportunity pass you by because this payroll tax refund is only available for a limited time. Go to GetRefunds.com. That's GetRefunds.com. One more time. GetRefunds.com. Welcome back in. Clay Travis, Buck Sexton Show. We head up to Washington, D.C., where our good friend, Congressman Jim Jordan, has just been going off uh, as the COVID lab leak theory, which Buck Sexton, myself, we've been talking about this for years. All of a sudden, people are like, oh, yeah, the government lied to you uh, and everybody out there trying to claim that this was naturally occurring in uh, because of some animal somewhere. Uh, Jim, what have you seen change of late with the Department of Energy, the FBI. I, I know you're having yeah. hearings with a lot of highly educated uh, people in the field of science saying, yes, this actually did come out of a lab. 
How are you seeing the narrative shift and what is important about this? Well, no, a great question. That's actually happening here. But, but you're, you're, first of all, you guys were right. You were way ahead of the curve with, with this from, you know, years ago. But today in the committee, one of the Democrats said, uh, we should entertain all hypotheses. Dr. Fauci had his hypothesis. Others had theirs. We should entertain all. But that's not what happened three years ago. If you suggested it came from a lab, you were called a nut job, a crackpot. You were called all kinds of things. You were censored online. The media called you names. And, 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 and even the guys, the virologists who sent Dr. Fauci emails right at the start of this, late January and on February 1st, the guys who sent him emails, even they changed their position and called us crackpots and crazies because I think they changed their position because they got, you know, they had, a, as I said in committee today, they had nine million reasons to change their, their, their position because three months after they do, uh, they get a $9 million grant from Dr. Fauci. So, yeah, uh, that's, the, that's the change. Democrats are now saying, well, it could be either one. We should, we should all work together, look forward, uh, focus on the future. Baloney. You guys called us all kinds of names, and we want to know exactly what was going on at the time that you were doing those sort of things. Congressman Jordan, it's Buck. Thanks for being with us. Um, is there any legislation? I know, obviously, now Senate white house can't get through but we're going into an election year things could change in 2024 and i feel like now is a good time to figure out how we could codify in law um action in response to the lunacy of whether it's the suppression over the lab leak theory or uh any of these covid measures uh are you talking to fellow republicans about anything that you would want to pass in the line i know for example ron DeSantis down in florida he's using now he's got a super majority i get it but he's going to use the legislature to create all kinds of impediments to future COVID lunacy, whether it's uh, the mandate, censorship, any of that. Do you guys have anything that's well, cooking? Well, step one should be outlaw gain-of-function research. I mean, understand what happened. We sent our tax dollars to a lab in China that wasn't up to code, that was doing gain-of-function research, and that's where the, lab, uh, the leak came from. Well, for goodness sake, why? Why are we sending it to China? Why are we sending it to a lab that's not up to code? And why are they doing gain-of-function research, you know, period, you know, anywhere, but certainly not in China? So that, that definitely needs to be, be passed. Uh, other legislation, I'm, I'm open to all kinds of things that, that make sense, but that one, you know, and then you, you, know, you can't have, uh, like I know our state said, okay, in an emergency, the, gover- the, the governor has limited authority or has authority for a limited amount of time. But if they're going to lock down your stinking state forever, for goodness sake, that is a decision that should be made by the legislature, by the General Assembly, the people who are there to represent the people, we the people in their, uh, in their, in their uh, state legislature. So we, our state's done that. That's the kind of thing that should happen in other states. That's the kind of thing that Governor DeSantis is focusing on in Florida. But from the federal level, what are we funding gain-of-function research, and why in the world would we be doing it in China? Amen. And it's probably not a coincidence that the guy who was funding gain-of-function research with our tax dollars to uh, Chinese labs would immediately say, oh, this had to come from animals uh, as soon as COVID uh, started to emerge in China. I mean, again, I think it's easy to draw that correlation why Dr. Fauci would not be embracing the actual science and instead being trying to protect his reputation and his his history. Exactly right. So much so. That the, the task force on coronavirus was, was created on January 29th. Dr. Redfield, the head of the CDC, is on that task force. Two days later, Dr. Fauci gets an email that says, virus looks engineered, not consistent with evolutionary theory. Fauci doesn't share that with Dr. Redfield. Dr. Redfield's not invited on the conference call the next day, where Dr. Gary also says that same day, February 1st, 2020, that I don't know how this happens in nature, but it'd be easy to do in a lab. 
Dr. Redfield's not given access to that email, kept off the conference call, kept out of the loop, and Dr. Fauci gets those two virologists, Anderson and Gary, to change their position three days later, and they call you, me, Buck, anyone who's questioning that this thing may, may not have come from nature, may have come from left, they call us all crackpots, even though they believed it themselves. Now, why would they change their position? Because Dr. Fauci, the highest paid guy in our government, been in our government like a thousand years, hands out all this money, <laughs> millions and millions of dollars. They wanted the grant money, and they got yep. $9 million for changing their tune. That is sick, but our government did that. I'm 100% convinced of it. Speaking to Jim Jordan, congressman uh, from Ohio. Uh, congressman, what are you hoping to get out of these hearings? I mean, what what, what are some of the areas... Because for, for me at this point, yeah, it's important for accountability and just to get the facts on the record. But are there areas that you're chasing down or, or ho- hoping to get to where you think we could get some new information about just well, all you know, of the Fauciite lunacy from lab leak to vaccine yeah. mandates and everything in between? No, great question. Great question, Buck. We're a legislative body. We're the Congress. So our job is to get facts on the table, propose legislation, and then if ha- if we have to, use use the appropriation process to further influence these agencies that were doing stupid things. So th- that is how this works. So the first thing to do is get the facts on the table, continue to do that, continue to ex- expose everything that went on, and then say, okay, you know what? Let's have a bill that says we shouldn't be doing gain-of-function research. Let- let- let's do that. Let's pass that legislation. And oh, by the way, we think maybe some of the funds that went to some of these people who were involved, maybe we should change how those funds are appropriated and where they go and what they're used for. That's our job, and we need to spell that all out. But in order to lay the groundwork and the framework, you first get the facts on this. That's what we're doing in the Judiciary Committee with the the Select Committee and the full Judiciary Committee with this this attack by the agencies on the very people they're supposed to serve. We had a great example, by the way, yesterday. I mean, I'm just changing it. But but yesterday, the FTC – Yes. Since Musk took over Twitter, the FTC sent him a letter after 11 days after the first Twitter file. They send a letter to Elon Musk and Twitter and, sa- and said, and think about 11 days later, they say, who are the journalists you're talking to? They named four journalists personally. Now, if that is not a direct assault on the First Amendment freedom of the press, I don't know what is. But this is what's going on. So step one, again, is get the facts on the table so we can propose legislation and then use the appropriation process to limit what these – these agencies, out-of-control agencies, are doing. Yeah, that's what I was going to ask you next, uh, Congressman. Um, we're talking to Jim Jordan, a congressman from Ohio. So the FTC is coming after Elon Musk. Also, I'm sure you saw, Chuck Schumer went on the floor yeah. of the Senate and demanded that Rupert Murdoch censor what Tucker Carlson was able to say on his show. Take it outside of politics. Yeah. You know this. You've been in politics for a while. If any Republican did what the Biden administration is doing and what the Senate majority leader is doing. Like, if you went on the floor and said, there's no way MSNBC should be able to show any of these videos from January 6th, I'm demanding that whoever owns MSNBC, I guess Comcast, right? I'm not even sure who owns MSNBC, honestly, uh, that that they not allow this to be aired. It would be the number one story in America, and you would be, you know, basically a book burner, yet... Schumer does it, and the FTC does it, and these same people say virtually nothing. Yeah, Chuck Schumer, the same guy that stood on the uh, the, the steps of the Supreme Court and said, uh, Kavanaugh, Gorsuch, you will face the whirlwind. Chuck Schumer yesterday says to Rupert Murdoch, take this stuff down, don't let him, don't let Fox air it. And it's, I think it's also somewhat ironic that that same day he's doing that's the day we learned that the FTC is targeting Elon Musk. All this, yes. this, this is, 
And, 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 and this is why we have a select committee focused on agencies targeting the American people, the American people who pay their salary, who they are supposed to serve, and then they're targeting people. That, that is what's so wrong. And you're 100% right. If this is Republicans doing this, oh, just the outrage, the New York Times, you know, democracy dies in darkness. They would be going like crazy on this. Now, it's funny because it was front page of the Wall Street Journal, the FTC story. So the journal, the journal gets it. And other people are picking this up like, well, you know, even though we're liberals, this is pretty bad. Name and journalists by name. And oh, here's, the, here's the other thing. Four of those journals, they named those four journalists. Two of them are testifying tomorrow in the select committee on the weaponization of government. So hey, that's good timing for you guys. This guy we're having as witnesses. Yeah. For sure. Congressman Jordan, appreciate you being with us, sir. Thanks so much. You bet, guys. Thanks. Jim Jordan, keep up the good work there, and it is fascinating to think about where we're headed, uh, but what we know is, in the past, one of the things that you can con- continue to do is help to fight for people recovering from what happened on 9-11, and that's what Tunnel the Towers does. Uh, they have been honoring America's ever, um, heroes ever since that day. The foundation honors fallen and severely injured heroes and their families with mortgage-free homes. This year alone, hundreds of Gold Star and fallen first responder families with young kids and our nation's most severely injured veterans and first responders, they're receiving homes. More than 500 homeless veterans received housing and services from them last year, and more than 1,500 are receiving housing and services this year. On Memorial Day, all the brave men and women lost since 9-11 in the war on terror, having their names read aloud in a Tunnel to Towers ceremony in our nation's capital. Through the Tunnel to Towers 9-11 Institute, foundations educating kids in kindergarten through 12th grade about our nation's darkest day. Join Tunnel to Towers on its mission to do good. Please help America never forget its greatest heroes. Donate $11 a month. Tunnel to Towers at T2T.org. That's T, the number 2, T.org. You don't know what you don't know, right? But you could on the Sunday Hang with Clay and Buck podcast. I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty. We're the Armstrong and Getty Show. We cover the stories the mainstream media ignores. Stories that are important to your life and important to the world. The election, of course. The many trials of Donald Trump. Couple of wars. Gender-bending madness. Why are kids looking at so much social media? And we bring you the stories the mainstream media is on. But we do it without the left-wing media spin. Listen to Armstrong and Getty On Demand on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Armstrong and Getty Show to start listening. More Than a Movie is back with season two of the award-winning film podcast and this time with a lot more movies. I'm your host, Alex Fumero, and each week I'm going to talk to the people behind some of my favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the OG spy kid, Alexa Penavega. You had Carlo Gugino, who's the coolest mom ever. You had Antonio, who's handsome, amazing, charismatic. And then Carmen and Juni. I felt like a lot of other kids felt like this could be me. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Every episode will feature interviews with the biggest actors, directors, writers, and producers behind your favorite films and tap into the history of Latinos in film. Listen to More Than a Movie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose Podcast. On Purpose is dedicated to helping you be happier, healthier, and more healed. 
This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how he got comfortable with fear, navigating the changes in relationships, and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. This conversation shows a never-seen-before side to Orlando Bloom and his unique life journey. I think we all struggle sometimes to really deeply believe that we are enough, that we're valued, that we're valuable. You know, we're imprinted by our parents from the age of zero to seven, right? Mm. I'm constantly trying to go like, how do I detach from my, this idea of what, do, is, that, is that my baggage? I look like my baggage. I mean, I know, oh, okay, that's mine. Let's unpack that. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back to Clay and Buck. In the next hour, we're going to be talking to you about this crazy idea that they've played out in, uh, they, they, they've seen through in New York City. If you have a place where there's a lot of crime happening and you put more cops in that place and tell them, hey, enforce the law, arrest people who break the law, who are supposed to be arrested under the law, this crazy thing happens. The crime level starts to go down there. I mean, who, uh, Democrats, this, for them, this is apparently like magic. They had no idea how this could happen in a New York City, at least on the subway system. There's some evidence of that. We also want to talk about uh, what's going on in D.C. and and how Democrats are having to wake up to some realities there, too. Remember, every time we talk about one of these Democrat-controlled cities, Similar situation in all of them right now, uh, with, with very, very few uh, exceptions. I'm not even sure there are any notable exceptions in terms of large cities that have uh, been able to buck the trend. Well a, done. Which is, a, which is a phrase that I yes that I employ. Um, Dr. Fauci, by the way, on the lab leak, I just want everyone to hear. How did Fauci become? I think it's a fascinating case study, Clay. How does this guy... Uh, who is is still unfortunately for me the most famous alumni from my high school? How does he manage to be in the federal bureaucracy for fifty years? Become the highest paid person in the federal bureaucracy, and never really have any achievement or be impressive in any way? Because he understands the system and he knows how to play both sides when he has to. So when when little Fouch is asked about the Energy Department and FBI assessments about the lab leak theory. Here's what he has to say. Play one. Are the FBI and Energy Department right about the lab leak? Well, it's very tough to tell that because they're talking about information that they have that we don't have privy to, so we don't really know. They have made opinions on low confidence from the Department of Energy and moderate confidence, I believe, from the FBI. So I don't think there's a really correct and verifiable answer to your question. It's just still remains unknown at this particular point. There are two theories, as we're all familiar with now. One is a lab leak theory. The other is that it was a natural occurrence from an animal spillover. The one thing is that we have to keep an open mind about this until there's definitive evidence. Oh, he wants an open mind. We went from shut up. We have all the data we need. We need you to shut your face, peasants, and put your mask over it to, well, now the various branches of the federal government are at a low to medium low, kind of like how I like my filet mignon to be cooked, <laughs> a low to medium rare kind of level of confidence from F I mean, Clay. We're basically saying now we're never going to know, and we're supposed to forget that he was telling us, oh, we know. 
wouldn't they find the animal? Like, this is the thing that I don't understand about the leak from an animal to human. They searched hot, far, and wide, is my understanding, although it might have been uh, the Chinese search akin to O.J. Simpson looking for the real killers. I, I don't know. When you know that what you're looking for doesn't exist, it probably cuts off how much time you spend actually looking for it. But if you want me to believe in the animal idea... Show me the animal. Like We know that the Virology Institute in Wuhan was doing gain-of-function research on coronaviruses. That is 100% confirmed. So we know that literally this type of virus was being created in the Chinese labs. So if you're going to argue that it's something other than that, Shouldn't you have to provide some evidence of the animal through which COVID made its transmission to humans? If you're going to convince me that the gain-of-function research didn't work, it's almost like if you were on a jury, Buck, and I said, look, we're not going to have hard and fast evidence here, but circumstantial evidence can add up, which is why I've always loved this example. People say, well, there's no eyewitness. Okay, we may never have an eyewitness. You go to bed at night. You close your blinds, you wake up the next morning, and you see snow on the ground, as many of you have recently. You weren't an eyewitness to the snow, but it's reasonable for you to surmise that it snowed overnight because when you looked outside before, it didn't exist, and then when you woke up the next morning, it's on the ground. There are other theories, right? Aliens could have arrived and somehow transported snow to your, like, right? But the reasonable circumstantial evidence would suggest it snowed while you were sleeping, Okay, the reasonable circumstantial evidence here, if I'm standing in front of a jury and I'm saying the United States government provided gain-of-function research tax dollars to a COVID laboratory, Buck, that was doing gain-of-function research, and then suddenly a coronavirus that was brand new that didn't exist before showed up right outside the gates, basically, of this lab. China's a big country. There's no suggestion that COVID happened somewhere not close initially to their lab, right? Where's the animal that suddenly happened to get COVID right beside the virology lab where it spread? Like, this is not difficult stuff. So we may not have smoking gun where some Chinese guy comes out and says, hey, I'm the idiot who screwed up and let COVID out of the lab. But China probably knows who it was. Could I just point out one thing also? Even before COVID, if someone sat you down and said, hey, do you know that U.S. taxpayer dollars are going to a lab that is run by the Chinese Communist Party in the Wuhan province of China that is messing around with viruses that could make them much more transmissible and lethal? Just FYI, I think you'd say, what the heck are we doing, right? Like, how, how is that not a terrible idea Never mind the actual pandemic and, and COVID, everything we went through. But, you know, this is the bureaucracy. Fauci's still sitting there. He's gone from I am certain to we will never know. And we're supposed to forget that he was the certainty guy in the beginning. A hundred percent. I want everyone to take a guess. How many times has the uh, average murder suspect in D.C. been arrested in, the, in our nation's capital? 
Those people who commit murders, how many times they arrested before the murder? We're going to break that down for you coming up. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose podcast. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how to get comfortable with fear and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. People say, what are you afraid of, right? I'm afraid of fear because it's like, I want to confront anything in my life that feels challenging on those levels. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's Rappaport's Reality Podcast. Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Listen to Rappaport's Reality starting May 8th on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts.